Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. We have been looking at Revelation chapter 1, a very interesting chapter in a very interesting book. It is a record of the first of seven different visions that God gave the Apostle John while he was incarcerated on the island of Patmos. Uh, Patmos was a island about 10 miles long and about 6 miles wide at the widest point um, just off the coast of, of uh, Asia Minor, of Turkey. It was a rocky, barren island. It was an island that was a used as a Roman penal colony. They put their uh, worst criminals there. They put their political prisoners there. And John was there, according to the Word of God, uh, for the testimony of Jesus Christ. He was, he was being persecuted for Christ, and John was not a young man. He was in his 90s. And uh, so while he was there, God is sovereign. You know, God is in control. God sent an angel to give him these seven visions and told him to write them in a book. And that is what we know as the final book in the Word of God, the book of the Revelation. And we see in verse 1 of chapter 1 that this book is all about the revealing of Christ, uh, the uh, uncovering, the unveiling of the glorified risen, exalted Jesus Christ. You know, while he was on earth here in human flesh, he veiled his glory. Uh, He voluntarily limited the use of some of his divine attributes. But um, when when he resurrected and ascended, uh, he was in his glory, glorified with his Father. And and so chapter 1 gives us the vision of, uh, the vision that John saw of this glorified Christ and John's reaction of falling down before him as a dead man. And so if you listen to the previous podcast of this one, you'll get a description of that vision in in some detail. But this dramatic vision uh, of Christ standing in the midst of the seven churches, the seven golden lampstands which represented the seven churches, and in chapter uh, 1 verses 11 and 20 we find out what those churches were. Uh, they were uh, churches that were located in what is now modern-day Turkey, uh, Asia Minor, and they were the, the churches of F- at Ephesus. Uh, it was uh, the church at uh, Smyrna, at Pergamum, at Thyatira, at Sardis, at Philadelphia, and at Laodicea. These um, seven churches there in in modern what is modern day Turkey. Now, uh, these were seven literal, actual, local geographical churches that were uh, recipients of of this particular vision. Seven, by the way, is the number of completeness in God's in God's economy. All throughout the Scripture, you'll see the number seven that that represents. Uh, it's a divine number, the number of fullness, the number of completion. And so, not only is this written to those seven specific local congregations, but it is written to uh, the complete church, the entire church down through the ages. That would include every born again believer follower of Jesus Christ. And so these uh, these visions are very important. And this first vision is very, very important. Um, this vision that starts in chapter one continues into chapters two and three with personal messages to each of the seven churches. 
And and if these are personal messages to each of the seven churches, and that seven is a number of completeness and represents a message to the entire church, we need to listen up. We need to know what's being said to each of these seven churches. We need to understand because uh, it, it wasn't only meant for those churches 2,000 years ago in those seven geographical locations, but this message from the glorified, risen Christ who is standing in the midst of his church, who's present in his church even today, these messages are for us today, and we've got to take uh, heed to what they say. And so over the next uh, uh, few podcasts, we're going to be looking at each message to each of the seven churches and see what God was saying to them and see what God is saying, what the risen, glorified Christ is saying to us today that are a part of his church. Now, in um, each of these, in, in these messages, there were words of commendation, praise, commendation. There were words of condemnation, judgment, disappointment, and words of warning. Two of the seven churches had only words of commendation, only words of praise. And those were the, the churches at Smyrna and at Philadelphia. And we'll look at that in the future. Two of the churches had only words of condemnation or judgment and warning. And those were the churches at Sardis and Laodicea. And again, we'll look at those in, in future podcasts. The other three of the churches were mixed. They they had some words of commendation, some words of condemnation and warning, and those were the churches at Ephesus, at Pergamum, and and at uh, Thyatira. So uh, we're going to see what these words of commendation are in each of the churches. We're going to see the words of condemnation or judgment and the words of warning, and I hope that we can uh, take them personally. And that we can see that uh, that God is speaking to his church even today. You know, down through the last 2,000 years, the church has gone through a lot. Uh, the church has has suffered uh, external opposition, uh, persecution. Uh, some some persecution has been very severe, even to the point of death. And and even today, in our modern day, right now, as I'm speaking around the world, there are places where uh, God's people, God's church, is under direct fire, and and some are suffering in ways that we can even begin to understand here in the West. Um, and, and and so the church has been under that external uh, attack, but then the church has also been under the internal attack. And what I mean by that is inside the church either getting lax and cold and indifferent, uh, lukewarm, uh, or, or their uh, wrong doctrine. Uh, and, and it slips in. And, and in our day, there's so much of that going on in the church that, that, that the Word of God is, is being twisted and, and mishandled. And, and, and there are, are so-called pastors and preachers of the Word that are, that are not uh, properly handling the Word of God. That is an internal attack on, on the church. And, uh, uh, but in spite of all of that, in spite of all of that, the church is going forward and God has a message for the church all through the ages. And I hope that you'll stay with me through each of these seven churches as we look at the message that God has for them. Now, 
the first church, uh, the first church that we're going to look at is the church at Ephesus. In Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 to 7, we see the message to the church at Ephesus. Let's read it. To the angel, and the angel is the messenger or, or the pastor in this case, of the church in Ephesus write, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands, says this. Now, in each of these seven messages, you uh, get Jesus addressed uh, by uh, a certain way uh, that was um, portrayed in chapter 1. And so here we see he's the one that stands in the middle of the golden lampstands. His presence is there. He holds the seven stars in his hands, which are the seven pastors in his right hand. That is a, an act of control. The one who controls the church, controls the leaders, the one who is present in the middle of his churches says this. Verse 2, I know your deeds and your toil and perseverance and that you cannot tolerate evil men and you put to the test those who call themselves apostles and they are not and you found them to be false and you have perseverance and have endured for my name's sake and have not grown weary but I have this against you that you have left your first love therefore remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the deeds you did at first or else I am coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. Yet you do have uh, this, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So there is the message to the church at Ephesus. And I can just summarize it like it. First of all, this church was commended, was praised for some things. It was praised for its deeds and toil. They were a working church, and they worked. And that toil is toiling to the point of exhaustion. They worked for the Lord to the point of exhaustion. They did good deeds. They were also commended for their perseverance, for their endurance, for not growing weary. Not only did they do these works and work to the point of exhaustion, but they persevered. They kept going. They were steady. They were consistent. They endured. They they pushed through and didn't get weary in doing those deeds. They were definitely an active working church. And then they were commended for their intolerance of evil men. This church was working on purity, on doctrinal purity. They were commended for testing uh, false apostles, finding them to be false. They were uh, uh, commended for that. They were commended for hating the deeds of the Nicolaitans. And uh, when I look here in in uh, my notes in my study Bible, uh, which comes from uh, Dr. Pastor John MacArthur, uh, he says this, Irenaeus, which was an early, early church father, writes that Nicholas, who was made a deacon in Acts chapter 6, was a false believer who later became apostate. But because of his credentials, he was able to lead the church astray. And like Balaam from the Old Testament, he led the people into immorality and wickedness. The Nicolaitans, followers of Nicholas, were involved in immorality and assaulted the church with sensual temptations. Clement of Alexander says they abandoned themselves to pleasure like goats, leading a life of self-indulgence. Their teaching perverted grace and, rep- and replaced liberty with license. And so they were saying, hey, we're under grace. We can live however we want to. And God said, I hate that. I hate that. And so and so, so did the people at Ephesus. So God commended them. They were a good church in that way. But this church was also warned and called to repentance. 
uh, they were warned that they were uh, leaving, that they had left their first love. You know, they were going through the motions. They were doing all of these things. They were working well, but somehow their love for the Lord had grown cold. Uh, they had failed to sit at the feet of Jesus. Uh, their, their, their heart uh, was, was not there. Uh, it was growing away from the Lord. And the Lord said, uh, I'm telling you, this is something that I have against you. And he says, here's what I want to tell you. I want to tell you the way to correct it is to repent. Repent is to have a change of heart and mind that brings about a change of action. He says, repent, do the first deeds. What were the first deeds? They love the Lord. Come back and love the Lord. Bring your heart back into it. Uh, and, and he said, here's a warning. If you don't, I'll remove your lampstand. In other words, as a church, your light will go out and your church will no longer exist there. And sadly, uh, history tells us that eventually the church died at Ephesus. That is exactly what happened. And so what can we take out of this? We can take out of this that God appreciates our work and our perseverance. He appreciates our doctrinal purity. He appreciates us testing and doing the right thing and hating the wrong thing. But uh, that's not enough. He wants a love relationship with us. He wants us to love us, love Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And uh, when we move away from our love uh, for the Lord, we're just moving toward the death of a particular local congregation. So uh, I, I want to just encourage us to take heart in this in this message today. I encourage you to go and read Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 to 7, and let that message speak to your heart personally. Well, until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.